Welcome to the Country Brothers Podcast. I am Dominique Johnson. DeWine Johnson, what up, what up? And we are the Country Brothers. Uh, we are the Country Brothers because we are black and we are actual brothers. Like, you got, like, it's it's three weeks of this podcast. We have three episodes. If you don't get the pun by now, you, you should. It's a simple pun. It's a very simple play on words. Country Brothers because we're black and we're actual brothers. Some people... Some people don't get it. You gotta keep, gotta keep telling them. Just, just for the new listeners, maybe. You know what? Yeah, and I'm gonna keep explaining it until it's uh, embedded in y'all's mental minds. So um, this week uh, we're gonna do our first of many episodes where we do a review, either of an album that we were previously not familiar with, or an album that maybe we hadn't listened to in a while and we're revisiting as old men uh, and. <laughs> Duan, what's the album we're going to be reviewing today? Today, we are reviewing Mark Chestnut's Long Necks and Short Stories. So on our uh, Country Brothers Instagram, at Country Brothers Pod, uh, we asked people what are albums that we should do a review on. And this is one that popped up fairly early uh, as it responds but it was also one of the ones that got the most reactions. So I was like, fuck it. I've never heard this album before. Uh, let's do it. Uh, first, I let's do thinking, I keep thinking every time I hear uh, Mark Chestnut, my brain wants to keep saying Cody Chestnut. And I almost <laughs> still said Cody Chestnut. And I'm like, that's not the dude. That's <laughs> not Cody Chestnut. I would, I would love Cody Chestnut to redo this album. As like a like just a I'm broke. <laughs> like just a cool black version of this uh this Mark Chestnut honky tonk. Anybody can do it or get Mark Chestnut and Cody Chestnut to do like a like an EP together. I'd listen to that. Yeah, and all the all the proceeds go to Black Lives Matter. And Diplo we'll see. will produce it. Yeah, Diplo can produce that shit and it'll be a fuck <laughs> you know what? It'll be a train wreck and but Three or four people in the world will like it. I might be one of them, might not be. Uh, Duan, what was your overall impression of the album? Um, it was fine. I think I can speak for both of us. Neither one of us are really like '90s country music fans, so I had to like listen to it through that lens and not be like a jerk off about it. You know, it was cool. Like there were some songs that were that I liked, that we'll get into that. Man, I think overall it was like that '90s sound where it's like super overproduced, and I just get I couldn't get it out of my head. That's what was hot 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 on the streets at the time. I think for me, I, I liked it. I was I was surprised that I liked it. To be honest, I didn't like every single song, and some of the songwriting I thought was like kind of weird. Like you could tell he was like, "All right, these are the tropes. I'm gonna see if I can." 
maybe put a little twist on it, but he don't got that he he don't got that pen game yeah. to, to to do those tropes. So uh I'll get into that when we get to those songs. But um overall I think I liked it. Um some songs I could have did without, but yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. I give it so, two Chattahoochees out of five. All right, I I'll give it a I'll probably you know what? I'm gonna give it a three point five Chattahoochees out of five. All right, all right. Yeah, I think that's respectable. So, he apparently he has some hits. Uh, Old Flames Have New Names. That was a song that I had already heard before. Uh, I obviously didn't know it was this dude. It was just a song that you would hear at a jukebox if you were somewhere in Mesa or Tempe mm-hmm. in Arizona. It was a bunch of old white people uh, playing music on a jukebox. I was like, oh, I recognize that song. Yeah. But uh, I don't want to talk about this song. I want to talk about uh two songs that are track three and track four uh the first one is i'll think of something and if that don't work i'll think of something now this is this is what i was kind of talking about at the top my man came out and he was like all right he's sitting at his desk pen in hand paper on the table and he's like hmm what do people do to get their woman off of their mind you drink right you don't need to overthink it you've been drinking to get women off of your mind since the beginning of time that was the first song ever written she left me for for the old farmer up the up the way and now I'm about to hit this moonshine bottle to get her off my mind. But Mark Chestnut think he better than everybody else. Mark Chestnut was like, you know what? He want to change the game. And, and and I think he literally couldn't think of anything else. Because there's a... <laughs> and this is what made me think that. Because in the song he goes, and I'll try to drink enough to drown the hurt. Cool. I'm on board with that. And if that don't work, I'll think of something else. Now, what what else can you do other than drink? Now, I feel like drinking is a good like idea for when you're trying to get somebody off your mind because it's it's destructive to yourself. It, it numbs the pain, yeah. uh, and you could just sit there and just not feel anything. But what what would his other option be? Like, what what else was he brainstorming? Punching a wall. Punching a wall. <laughs> That's what they do. And, and that's the thing. But he could have drank, too. So he's like, all right, drinking ain't going to be enough. I'm going to punch the wall. But then if that's not enough, then what? What, what, what you going to do? Show up at our house? What else, what, what else would you do? Me? If you couldn't Nothing. drink or punch a wall? Go to therapy? I don't know. <laughs> like, my man, talk to your problems. I don't know. Call a friend or something. Like... You you ain't got nobody to talk to your problems. Go go to a bar, meet another woman. Those songs exist, but nah, he like you know what? I'm gonna think of something else. You ain't gotta think of nothing else. Drinking is perfect. He Drinking is literally watched, the best thing. He could have just watched Cheers on his VHS cassette tape. You know he had Cheers VHS cassettes, and you know and did. not even not even like episodes that he taped. He probably got a little bit of money at this point in time. Nah, but you know what happened? She left him there. So it still reminds him of her. 
Those are her VHS cassette tapes. Damn, so he can't watch them. Damn. I think that's a more interesting song. Uh, <laughs> a dude who got drunk and he's still sad about his woman. So he wants to watch his favorite show. But the but that reminds her of him even uh reminds him of her even more. That's a song that I could fucking get behind. I'm on board. That shit would be incredible. <laughs> you know what? Now now that I think about it, I'm I, when Carter Johnson and the High Lives get back to business, we writing that song. When I when I learn how to do music. The reason I brought that song up, because the very next song, I, I feel like is just a continuation of I'll Think of Something. Uh, track number four is It's Not Over If I'm Not Over You. That it's never really over Even though you say Come on, bro. Mm. She 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 says she says she don't like you no more, brother. You canceled. Right? Now I'm not gonna cancel you, Mark Chestnut. Because the 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 song, I mean the the, the album title is literally long necks and short stories. You know? So he he's he I'm I'm gonna take it as he's he's writing these stories of these uh complicated men. You know okay, what I mean? It might not have been it might not have been him. You might know, it might not be him. Okay, okay. Yeah. But I'm like, bruh, this goes back to his pen game. You ain't Lyle Love It. You, you, you ain't you ain't putting these pictures in my head. The picture that you create with it's not over if I'm not over you is a dude who did start drinking, punched the wall, and now he's gonna get in his car and drive over to her house. That's what that's what this dude is doing. And you know, maybe it is Mark Chestnut. Look look at the cover. Of long necks and short stories, motherfucker look like a deviant. He got he got a deviant look in his eyes. Yeah. What, what did like, you think about this song when you when you heard it, at least initially? I liked it. Um, I did think the same thing. I was like, "Damn, my man! Like that is kind of <laughs> that is kind of rough." Like, yeah. I, and it's funny because like, when I was listening to the lyrics. It's so, it's so like, yeah, like, you know, like there's no nuance to it. He's, he says, this is what I'm going to do. It's like, oh, man. Yeah, and, and at first, again, I, I thought that he's like, you know, trying to subvert the trope, right? And it turns out that he wasn't. Because in the, uh, the song, he goes, there's not much I can do if it's over for you. I'll just wish you the best when you leave. I was like, cool dope this dude is okay all right I'm, I'm on board but you've played such a part in my life and in my heart you'll always be a part of me i'm like all right you know what that's not bad that that's still he's like i wish you well i want you to know that i love you we always have memories and then the next verse and it's not really over okay even though you say we're through so maybe over me it. Yeah, he admits it. You say it's over, but it's not really over. It's not over if I'm not over you. Brother, that's not cute. That's not a cute sentiment. You know, other fish in the sea and all that. 
that was a rough one to get through because I mean it already got that like '90s style that I don't much care for, and then those lyrics was just a bit much. Yeah, like if if you wasn't paying attention, you might think that this was a sweet song, not a not a a fucking deviant. <laughs> a deviant just standing by the jukebox. Yeah, then that's his thing though. I think I think he got like a a. a you know, you know who I think broke his heart? I think a jukebox broke his heart. And all at once he jumped to his feet Just like somebody kicked him Bubba shot the jukebox last night Said he played a sad song It made him cry Went to his truck and got a 45 Bubba shot the jukebox this whole album's about jukeboxes. This this literally, this whole album is about a man who showed up at the jukebox, but it was one of the jukebox where you have to download the app. And he was just like, I don't want to download no goddamn app. Yep, and the uh then he started talking about the deep state was following him, so he only carried cash, but the cash yeah, thing got- was broke on the jukebox. Or he showed you the his flip phone that he got from uh 1999 with 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 all the pride. Yeah, when when the Sprint logo was red. <laughs> Just <say> Sprint. <laughs> but yeah, so I thought those two songs were kind of funny that they were back to back because I felt like it was the same dude in one like six minute song. But so then. I, I- well, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna just go down the list because uh, the next song that I uh, wanted to talk about was is like the very next one, and I think it ties in. Was Bubba shot the jukebox? You know, he. Oh, yeah. Mark Chestnut is putting himself in the position of Bubba. This is like one of those things where uh, you listen to like a true crime podcast or watch a, a show about a a dude. They were like he was giving us all the all the hints. You just have to listen to his records and. Obviously, this dude has a thing against jukeboxes. You know, he's he's playing out these uh, weird, violent, sexual fantasies like my man Army Hammer. But instead of being a, a cannibal, he's a he's a jukebox deviant. So, when do you think this this jukebox deviancy uh, started? Because, like you said, it, it could be because when it was the uh, the app one. But this is the nineties. I think. His honky tonk turned into like a, like a sports bar, and so now it's all these people asking to watch the Knicks game. That's that's so. exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. He he he's one of those dudes who puts in thirty dollars in the jukebox, knowing full well in in fifteen minutes the Knicks game is coming on. <laughs> and then talking about, I want my money back. And they're like, we don't control the jukebox. You got to call the manufacturer. Bubba, so, you need to calm down. And Bubba was like, uh-uh. You played a song that made me cry. And, and they, uh, nobody arrested him. Nobody said that you're banned from this establishment. He was just like, just like, hey. There go Bubba shooting jukeboxes again. That's that's Bubba. You should, hey, if you don't want your jukebox shot, don't have a jukebox when Bubba's around. See? See? More toxic masculinity. There you go. Bubba's ass out here getting all mad over some jukeboxes. Yeah. Is it jukeboxes or juke juke? What's the plural for jukebox? Uh I believe it's juke beaks. Juke by juke by multiple juke by. Multiple juke bices. Bices. 
That sounds yeah. right. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm with it. If anyone knows, uh, message us on Instagram. And So those are the songs that I wanted to talk about that kind of point to Mark Chestnut being a deviant. Uh, you had some songs that you wanted to discuss that kind of popped out for you. So, like I said, I didn't really much care for the album, but it was there was definitely some uh, some jams on there that I appreciated. One of them was uh, Uptown Downtown. Misery's all the same. Yeah, you know, you know, like a sad song. So I played that. I was like, you know what? I hope I like this song, and sure as shit, it did not disappoint. It got that very beginning on the fiddle, and I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah that, I'm gonna like this." The, the, the standard <laughs> sad fiddle. You ain't lying. It is it, funny because it's a sad song, but it's also kind of kind of upbeat, like it's giving you a hug. Say, like, "Hey man, it's gonna be all right," but it's not really gonna be all right. Misery's all the same. <clears throat> Were there any uh, lines that like stuck out? Yeah, it goes, I'm just hanging around a better class of losers. It don't matter if you drink beer or champagne. I've only found a better class of losers, uptown, downtown. Misery's all the same. That's a yeah. good lyric. I, li- I like that one, too. That I think that's the one that stood out for me the most uh, when I was lyric. listening to it. I, I really like this song. I could see... And one thing that kept popping in my mind, and we'll talk about it for the next couple songs, is I kept thinking of who would do the song or who would do any of these songs now and who could do them justice. So for this song, I think Joshua Headley would destroy this song. Oh, Joshua Headley would fucking body this song so hard. Slow it down just a little bit, and oh my God, he would... Or maybe, maybe he could just keep it as is and still and still body it. Yeah, I think Joshua Headley would crush this song now, now that you mention it. I think that'd be a perfect cut. Co- hey, if anybody knows Joshua Headley, hit him up and tell him that the Country Brothers want him to record this song and we can donate the proceeds to Black Lives Matter. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we watch wrestling too. We don't smoke weed though, but, you know, that's yeah, his jam. Yeah. So if, if there's any way for us to connect to you, Joshua Headley, then... There you go. We can talk about Kamala and Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Hell yeah. However you want to run it. So yeah, th- this song I think was cool because it's uh, that line about the better class of losers and uptown, downtown, misery's all the same. Mm-hmm. You know, motherfucker like me, I, I, I walk betwixt worlds. You know what I mean? Okay. Wherever I, I go. You be at them. You be at them fancy uh, Hollywood parties. Yeah, one day I might be at a fancy Hollywood party. The next day I might be, you know, hanging out with broke improv kids talking about who is better, Craig Kakowski <laughs> or fucking Ian Roberts. You who know? do you think is better? Look, man, I'm not gonna get into it, but it Uh-oh. depends. It, it it depends on what you're looking for. You know, I think that they're both high level improvisers. Uh, Ian Roberts 
I think hits game harder and quicker. Craig Kikowski, he got the, he got the, he he got that character shit. So it just depends on what you uh, like. For hey, me, Xavier, if we need to cut this out for uh, to, so so Dominique don't get kicked out the club. Just nah, so nah, nah. If if we cut anything out, this ain't gonna be it. I'm gonna say it right here, right now. Ian Roberts is a better improviser than Craig Kikowski by a hair. I said it right now. Official Country Brothers Podcast, Episode Three. Write it down. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll see what the audience thinks. And Jason Manzouk oh. is better than all of them. Ooh. Okay. Okay. And Mary Holland the, is better than the rest of them. So let's talk about it. You know, what I don't know what I'm going to stop. What, I'm going to stop. Sonic, guys. Sonic the Hedgehog? Yeah. Who, who would you rather do a scene with? Sonic or Knuckles? I assume you're talking about the actual video game characters. So I'm going to say uh, Knuckles because I think Sonic will be too by the book. Knuckles will keep you on your toes and do a lot of gift giving. And that's what improv is when it's the most fun, giving each other gifts. Okay. Okay. That's the end of my improv rant. <laughs> All right. Um, the next the next song I think would be kind of rad, uh, Postpone the Pain. The song was cool, but like I said, what kept popping in my brain is Tyler Childers would destroy this song. I could see him doing this song, and it would be super rad. So I have a question for you, because there's been two songs in a row that you think that dope current musicians uh, would be able to pull off. But doesn't that... You got to give some credit to Mark Chestnut on that. If you write a song that other people can fucking murder uh, and you can just hear it, some of that has to be Mark Chestnut, right? Oh, 100%. And also, the the, the production of this uh, album, or even just 90s music, 90s country music in general, isn't their fault. It's what's sold. So this overproduced sound is what he had to do. He made good songs. It's just that it's very metallic-y and just, I don't know, man. There's no no air, nowhere to breathe in this album. It's it's, it's so condensed. Yeah, I know, I know what but you I mean. Think now, you know what I mean? So, like, nowadays, the, the people we've been bringing up, they would add a little bit of levity and, and, and just lightness to it and kind of, like, let it breathe. That's the, okay. that's the issue. Mark, what? And you know what? In a lot of in a lot of these guys, they probably grew up on Mark Chestnut. Yeah. You know we what did. I mean? So well, we didn't, of course. But I bet you all these uh singers, I bet all of them did. They probably listened to nineties country music. I want to hear Mark Chestnut do a uh a cover of Freaky Tales. Okay. Like from the first two short album. The one the with the simple beat. Version. Yeah. We was just naming names for nine minutes. With, the, with that annoying overdub. Hell yeah. You know who would be dope for, uh, I think, uh, this postpone the pain? If John Moreland did like a real stripped down version. Like oh, man. slowed it down to hell, and it was just like him 
and like a fucking a beat machine. Job Morland would fucking kill it, make you want to fucking die. Bonnie Vera will produce it. Better not. I'm coming <laughs> for you, Bonnie Vera. You know, like I said on the first episode, Country Brothers Podcast is about fucking making enemies and losing friends. I'm coming for you, Bonnie Vera. Some sight. <laughs> All right, you know what? So the the last song on here that, that we can talk about is the uh, "Who Will the Next Fool Be." So when when I first clicked on it, I was like, "All right, well, I know there's a Bobby Blue Bland song that it's called Who Will the Next Fool Be,' but there's no way is that." And sure as shit, it was the same song. And you know what? Mark Chestnut kind of knocked it out the park. It was really good. Yeah, I like his version. Come to find out, though, what blew me away was I've been a huge Bobby Blue Bland fan for years. I love, I love Bobby Blue Bland, and I always thought he's the. I thought he was the one that wrote it. Come to find out, the homie Charlie Rich wrote it a year before, wrote and recorded it a year before Bobby Blue Bland recorded it. And did his not version that. is dope too. That man, I always thought Charlie Rich would be like on some hillbilly shit because that's the music I always heard from. I listened to some of his other songs, especially Who Will the Next Fool Be? Man, that could have been uh, Michael McDonald on the, on the, on the mic. That, that could have been some straight blue eyes. So before that was even a thing. That's true, because this was a song that I feel like, I mean, I, I I have to believe that we've heard it at some point in time, but just assume that it was just a random soul singer yep. of the of the time. Yeah. And I just went and listened to it again before we started recording. And I was like, God damn, boy, Charlie Rich. It, if you didn't know it was Charlie Rich, you would think it was just some old black dude. Yep. Fucking killing it. it yeah, I think this would be a song that would be kind of hard to mess up. It's it's perfect. Yeah. I loved it. And he did a great job. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna uh I'm gonna bump it up from a two two point five to a three. Oh Charlie. shit. You know oh, what? Shit. You know what? I I do like it. I don't like the production, but all in all the songs are pretty damn good. You know what? Yeah, I'll give it a three. I'll give it three Chattahoochees. Yeah, and, and my attitude about how I went into like kind of listening to this album because I'd never heard it before, right? I wasn't even familiar with this dude. And uh there was years ago when I was like a movie nerd in college, I read an article where uh Roger Ebert talked about how he review genre films differently than like just mainstream like Hollywood movies because somebody asked him like let's just call it Saw it literally could have been any fucking horror movie but he was like why did you give Saw fucking four uh, four stars and he was like well I can't compare Saw to Titanic I can't compare Saw to the usual suspects I can compare Saw to Friday the 13th I can compare Saw to Hellraiser I can compare Saw to the other horror yeah, that this shit is happening in that genre. And like, is it good for that genre? Will people who enjoy horror movie like it? Yeah. 
it's good for what it is. And I had to like recalibrate myself and think about th- that this way. Like, all right, I don't really yeah. like 90s country music as a whole. That might just be because we weren't into it in the 90s. And we might not even know. We might be missing out on some on some jams. Yeah, I think there's probably some uh some nuggets out there. And I think this is one of them. I think this is an album that I'm glad got suggested because now it's in my rotation and it's it you know it's it's some bangers on there. And I know I was making jokes about the uh and being a fucking weirdo and, <laughs> and writing fucking jukeboxes and whatnot. Weirdo jukebox songs, but like legit on their own, they're good songs. And you know, the the uh the upbeat honky tonk songs, I feel like you can if if it came on, once I learn how to dance, I can, you know, get up and fucking dance, you know? You know have one a good of time. my you you know one of my greatest regrets, and then we'll we'll get out of here, is I'll go to the dirty drummer or when they had it at Yucca, the the, the little country nights and whatnot, and you see the people just kind of doing the two step and they dancing. And then they got the old couple that would always hang out, and they were yeah. just jamming. And man, I I can't do that to save my life, and I wish I could. I want to learn how to two step. I'm a, I'm a, I'm putting it out there on, uh, in the Country Brothers universe. Uh, Renee, you, you 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 look look. Quarantine is 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 you know nearing the end. I got uh, vaccinated. I'm I'm, I'm er, ready to party. Everybody's getting vaccinated. Everybody's ready to party. Duane and Renee, y'all gotta go. Y'all gotta learn some fucking steps. Y'all gotta go take some fucking dance classes, some couples dance classes. That's like a cute thing that people do, right? Apparently, she can't dance so, either. Though. Well, y'all can at least learn the steps. <laughs> that's that's the whole point of taking the class, motherfucker. You 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 don't take a a fucking painting class and be like, well, I can't paint. <laughs> no shit, nigga. Nah, you be not nah, nah. So you be wanting to do them uh. Them, them drink, drink wine and, and paint motherfucking uh, purple flowers and. and I don't nice uh, like a what they call it, like yeah those like wine and wine and paint things. I don't have a girlfriend, uh, so I don't have well, to do those going? things. First of all, <laughs> damn, going. First of all, <laughs> oh, which, which, which which you're saying right now is uh slander and you will be hearing from my lawyer uh next episode i'm bringing my lawyer on and we're gonna talk about why you slandering me and i will be looking for a public apology i do not do paint and sips (laughs) well you heard it here folks so i will have my lawyer and you know that's you know what I'm, i'm 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 upset right now I'm going to uh, end the episode. Uh, but before we do... <laughs> uh, litigious ass nigga. I'm litigious as fuck, so you're going to hear about it next week. Uh, where can people find you on social media, or do you have anything to plug? Nothing to plug. Uh, Polecat Supreme. Polecat underscore Supreme on Instagram. That's kind of the only spot I do stuff on. Hit me up. All right. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Country Brothers Pod. Uh, you know, we've posted memes and shit, trying to interact with the community. Uh, if you want to follow me, I'm at the Dom Johnson on all the things. And uh, I'm, I'm still inconsistent with my TikToks. But if you want to follow me on there, it's at Dom as in beer. 
Even though uh, you don't I, I hate beer. I hate the taste of it, but I keep buying it for some reason. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'll, you know, find something else to do like my man. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know. Uh, so we're out. Uh, also, before we go, uh, I want to thank Xavier Johnson, our brother who we'll never have on the show. Uh, he's been producing and editing. He's great. And uh, yeah. shout out to Matt Ravellis uh, for writing and performing the opening theme. Thank you, guys. See y'all next week.